Welcome to Behind the Brands. So, you found us. <laughs> well done, you. Our little podcast all about the fashion industry. Let me just tell you about the host and the creator of this podcast. The guy's from the UK and his name is Warren Parker Mills. Warren's literally worked with some of the best people in the business and met some incredible brands along the way. Now he feels it's time to kind of do things a little differently. He'll be catching up with amazing storytellers from across the globe as they share some of those unwritten secrets that they've managed to figure out for themselves. From brands you'll recognize to small artisan creators that have mastered their craft. You'll hear about their collections, sales, and their ongoing quest for sustainability. So if you're an aspiring designer, an influencer, or just a massive fan of listening to fascinating conversation, stay right where you are. Hey, thanks for the intro, Paul. It's been a while. Hope you're well, ladies and gents, and a massive welcome to any new listeners that we've got. So this is episode number 21, the start of season three. And I'm going to tell you more about some of the incredible guests that we've got at the end of the show. But right now, I want to tell you all about Vicky Sarge. Vicky is a brilliant jewellery designer. She's London-based and she's got an incredible talent. She spent years doing what she does best and she's managed to amass a huge amount of international press coverage she's worked in tv she's worked in films she's worked with designers she's also worked with the likes of beyonce and rihanna and paloma faith even joan collins pops into her store from time to time so let's jump into this conversation with vicky and i shall see you on the other side enjoy Hi, Vicky. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Warren. Thank you. I am very well today. Um, That's we've got great. sunshine and I have had a very good night's sleep. So, Oh, that's so well. important. That's yeah. so important. No, I really appreciate your time today, Vicky, because you know what? I saw your product on a, I literally was flicking through Instagram and every now and again, you kind of see something that kind of takes your eye and you think, this looks bloody good. This looks really, really good from a product point of view. And then I dug a little bit deeper and I went on your website and I have to say, the product is amazing. You and your story is amazing. And and some of the things that I want to cover off in today's show is just you and what you're about and also the types of people that you've worked with in the past, because I think you've got some amazing stories to tell. So if you're happy with that, we can jump straight in. Great. All right. Lovely. I'm ready. Okay, brace yourself. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I mean, it's not it's not difficult to kind of um, ascertain that you're not from the UK. You're from from the US, right? Whereabouts are you from originally? So I'm originally from Detroit, which I okay. always say is um, was a great groundwork for. And Detroit has also in, been included all of my life as an inspiration to me. But yeah. it wasn't any place I ever felt I belonged to stay. Okay. Although I appreciate everything that was given to me by, you know, um, growing up in Detroit in the 60s, we had fabulous music. We had the yeah. Supremes and then we had a lot of, um, you know, great rock and roll as well. We had MC5 and Iggy and the Stooges yeah. play, played at my high school, you know, if you can cool. imagine. Yeah, yeah, no, it must have been a great time. And actually yeah. Detroit is one of those towns, isn't it, in America, whereby – you know, it's kind of seen a lot of change over the last few mm. kind of decades, hasn't it? You know, a lot of yeah. industries kind of moved out of the town. And when was the last time you were back? Do you get there quite a bit or not? Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's only because of lockdown that I haven't been back. I still go back very frequently. I've got good friends there still. Yeah. And I mean, when my mom, um, both my parents are sadly passed away, but when they mm -hmm. were there, I would go three or four times a year. And oh, okay. um, nowadays, though, it's probably twice, maybe once a year, twice a year. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still have very good friends, and I'm kind of dying to get over there. Um, and I have some cousins and an aunt and uncle left and, you know, cool. people that I truly love. So I still try to go back. So I've yeah, seen the changes see. that have happened in Detroit. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And what was it like as a little girl growing up there? I mean, you said about the music and the influence, and it's it's actually really quite interesting because a lot of people I talk to on this podcast, music and the performance side of, of the world kind of always kind of rears its head. It's really interesting. And yeah. what was it like for you as a little girl growing up over there? Well, was it, was I it... was a wild thing. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> That's of... also a recurring thing. Yes. yes. So I was very wild, like arrested at 12 for, you know, oh, selling, selling, you know, aversive magazines. Um, oh. I, you know, just, uh, you know, not, it was the, I get you. you know, it was I a time you. of like, you know, um, very anti-political yeah. statements. Yeah. And, um, you know, but it was amazing. And then I was kind of like a wild, you know, hitchhiked everywhere, mm -hmm. kind of went downtown to see Frank Zappa during the Detroit riots, you know, wow, just, okay. you know, yeah. and, you know, just, you know, nothing stopped me. I was like a force of nature for sure. <laughs> and um, yes, I'm sure that's a recurring, I think that's a sign of a creativity. So when I, I see another are. kid like that, I always yeah. say, you're gonna have it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's really strange, isn't it? It is. It is. It's almost like all these rebels. You might say rebel without a cause, but actually, I think it takes a while. But then these people do get their cause, don't they? And they do yeah. get their purpose. And um, so, what? When did you start getting into kind of um, kind of the fashion world and and kind of an interest in in creativity? You know, um, I always had something in in me mm -hmm. to. Um, be creative from a very young girl I started um, um, teaching myself craft at about 12 so I was kind of knitted and crocheted and yeah um, always kept my hand in some form of a craft going on and then I moved um, well I moved to London for a year when I was around 19 okay. then I moved back to Detroit and then from there I moved to New York which was about the, between 75 and 85. Okay. Uh, I've always been interested in fashion, but I always say that's where I studied university at Studio 54 is always mm. what I, you know, so, <laughs> you know, just looking around and taking all of that in at such yeah. a young age, it was um, also very, so I'd say my two big influences that have never left me is Detroit. Yeah. And then kind of that whole Studio 54 mud club after that, you mm -hmm. know, and, and very much so music. So music has always been a part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And has it always been jewelry you've been interested in? Or when did you start actually kind of producing yeah. jewelry? Yeah, that was kind of accidental. We were living okay. in New York and a friend of mine had a um, runway show. Um, you know, he's was in fashion and actually he was the doorman at the 
you know, famous mud club in New York at the time, mm. Robert Molnar. And he, um, we couldn't really find the jewelry we were looking for. There was very few. And mm. I really mean it at that time, you could count on your hands how many mm -hmm. jewelry designers there were. There yeah. really were not a lot. So, you know, especially more kind of funky, fun jewelry. So, um, so we just decided to make our own things. Okay. So we just kind of picked up and we started by kind of crafting with suede and crystals. And it was funny because we were using this Swarovski crystals yeah. before they were even had really? their name on a packet. Yeah. So, wow. You know, it was like they were usually um, vintage stones that we would yeah. find anyway yeah. and they were really beautiful somehow they had more beauty back then but mm. um so we started so it wasn't very far from kind of the crafting of you know using the suede and stringing the crystals was very similar to yeah um and we started with a friend of ours called eric beeman mm -hmm. and which then the company turned into erickson beeman Yep. And I worked, um, you know, I was former, you know, we formed that company yeah. in 1983. And mm -hmm. it wasn't till 2015 that I um, started my own line. Your own brand. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And how would you describe your product? I mean, again, for anyone that's not been on your website or on your Instagram, I'm sure they will after listening to this. How would you describe it? What kind of words would you use well, to describe it? It's fashion jewelry. Mm -hmm. So it's usually kind of making a statement, even if it's a statement with color or, yeah. but I always also, we really try to, um, I've always, a big part of it is always having a bit of a sense of humor. Yeah. So, um, I always try to put something that will make somebody smile or just feel good yeah. about themselves. So, but I yeah. think having a sense of humor has like really been a big part of it. So in, in yeah. the early days when we started making jewelry in 85, they were really, you know, collections called, um, the kitchen sink and, okay. you know, just like, and we <laughs> About the wall. yeah. And, yeah. you know, make big chandelier, you know, dollhouse pieces and you know and they wow. were always you know taking it that kind of few steps too far so yeah and are there, are, have you found any of those pieces since has any have you are any still around do you think i or not? have a couple one do was they're involved in a, a project with the vna and they've have borrowed that since wow. um the kitchen sink one funnily right enough. okay and, yeah um yeah and we um still have customers if you can believe it come into yeah. the store right. with the original boxes from the um we started as eric beeman changed mm -hmm. to erickson beeman and now i'm vicky Sarge, but i still will fix anything i guarantee everything for its lifetime right okay and, um so i still have fantastic customers coming in and you know we'll do a rehaul on an old yeah. piece of jewelry which is Amazing. so fun and that's yeah. always fun to see yeah i want to talk to you a little bit more about your store actually and and 
a little bit more about the kind of team and, and, and how involved you are in them. And more importantly, how you're developing your team and developing the people around you to obviously carry on the, the art, really, which is, which is what you're being responsible for. I also want to cover some of, the, some of the wonderful projects that you've worked on as well, Vicky. And can I ask what kind of pieces kind of stand out in your mind as what ones that you think, oh, my gosh, that was just such a brilliant piece of work? Is there anything that stands out? Yeah. Uh, yes, I think there was. We worked um, early on with Alexander McQueen. I did mm-hmm. a lot of the shows where the Highland Rape and you know those kind of shows. We yeah. I did a lot of Crystal Chokers, and I worked with him quite a lot at the beginning. Yeah. And um, so I just, but then you know towards the end, I wasn't working with him as much, mm-hmm. and. Um, when he passed away, I was, you know, I just had to say something in my own way. So I created a piece okay. um, inspired by his last collection. Right. And that's probably one of my favorite pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was he like to work with generally? I mean, were you quite close with, with him and his team? Yeah, yeah, they were great. Yeah. You know, um, he always had a sense of humor. You know, I never got to know the dark side really but Mm. you know he was always professional and um you know you could see and what was exciting at that time though and i don't think many people did as i worked with john galliano who was definitely rival they were kind of um not very kind to each other and um but I worked for both of them at the same time. So oh, now, wow. Okay. Um, you know, and I would have to keep that secret in this secret. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and did they know, did they know at the point, at that point in time that I, you were working with them? I never kept them? it a secret. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, That's such a good answer, Vicky. That is such a good answer. <laughs> and who else have you worked with? Because you've worked with quite a few kind of celebrities, haven't you, on different projects? Oh, oh yeah. So, um, well, as far as fashion designers, in, mm-hmm. in the 90s, it was yep. a very different business. So in the 90s, um, fashion, I mean, fashion has changed so much. I've seen so much changes yeah. in, from 1983 to now, obviously. Yeah. But in the 90s, um, they were just small t- teams of designers who worked in those houses. And nobody had their own, um, they didn't have a accessory department Mm-hmm. So they were outsource, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone doing bags or someone doing, you know, um, jewelry. So yeah. I was often the go-to person in the 90s. So I worked with a lot of um, brands in Paris at that time. So we, and then also one of my favorite designers, Dries Van Noten. Yeah. Yeah, I did a lot with him okay. and um, I've you know, really stayed friends with him. He's just a gorgeous person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also about Dries, you know, he's just like more steady mm-hmm. and controlled, whereas, you know, you could really see the burnout, you know, in the John Galliano and the Alexander McQueen yeah. personalities. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Dries is like slow and steady, purposeful and always exquisite. But, you know, some of the creativity that comes out of um, the other 
Gates was also extremely inspirational to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It also changed my life forever. Yeah. And what about working with those guys then? Was they, did they kind of leave you to it, Vicky? I know that obviously there would be influence there from their uh, side, wasn't it? Yeah, no, very much not. They would, you know, do drawings a lot of okay. times. Yeah. And they would um, work with me. You know, I would do prototypes. Mm -hmm. And that's what, like with John Galliano, we did the original prototype of the big kind of um, choker collar. Okay. He then got famous for at Dior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we did the prototypes for that when he was still at Givenchy. And we made them out of real bones. Yeah, and that was, and also uh, we went um, scavenging in the Thames and found, you know, the clay pipes, and okay. and, and that was all put into the wow. jewelry. Amazing, amazing. Because he's very much about kind of found objects in the story. So John Galliano always had a vision and a yeah. story. So you yeah. know, you would be part of that creative process, mm-hmm. and, and Alexander McQueen very much so as well. Yeah, yeah. And tell me a little bit more about the shop then, because you've got this wonderful shop in Belgravia. And um, how long have you had that now? Has that been a while? So, yes, we opened in about 92. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So wow, I've been okay. there nearly 30 years. Yeah, so. yeah. And what's what's the setup there? Have you got retail and your own studio? Or is it, yes, is it our all studio, studio is in there. So originally... Mm-hmm. We opened because before that I worked in Camden Town. Okay. And then I worked in um, Clarkenwell. And then I had my daughter and she was okay. going to school. And I thought, oh, I've just got to make this more convenient. Mm-hmm. So um, we looked for a premises. Philip Tracy was already there on the street. Yeah. And um, I had a girlfriend who was working for him at the time. She said, oh, you must come here. And, and the rents were very reasonable. It was also a very different place 30 years ago (laughs) and um they you know just and we literally just opened up and i thought well there's a retail space let's see what we're going to do with that and um but mainly we set up the workshop in the back yeah and and downstairs so there's the downstairs and then the back room and then there's um and then we would just literally um if someone rang the doorbell came come in and help them Mm -hmm. however it wasn't like a proper running shop until probably um well i would say towards the mid 90s then it Mm -hmm. you know really that was probably my really high time yeah so um then we'd have all sorts of people coming in the stores but we you know we started off with um working you know i worked with madonna Wow. On that like a prayer album There's yeah a picture of a necklace yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's, that's one of yours necklace, yeah. oh, incredible wow yeah and you know we made a lot of stuff for you know like pretty much every pop star michael jackson you know we really worked on uh, beyonce we've done yeah things yeah yeah so, um, incredible that's our speciality so it's mm-hmm. really kind of creating one-off pieces yeah and because I, I'm very much a control freak. So that's why I don't think I could ever give anything. We, we tried doing some work in Thailand, but, you know, in the end, you know, it, I didn't feel comfortable with the product going out. So, yeah, tell us about, tell us how you make these, uh, how you make these wonderful products then, Vicky. How are they made? Okay. So first of all, we start with an idea. 
-hmm. Normally I come up with, you know, something. Right now I'm thinking very much Anna Piaggi being, I want to base the collection kind of on that wonderful icon of a person. I just think, you know, her creativity was amazing. So, you know, I usually kind of find images, make a mood board, Mm -hmm. and then talk to the designer. Now we used to work in a very different way than what we do now. Okay. Um, as far as selling is concerned, but that's like another story. As far mm-hmm. as making, you know, I usually get a mood board. The people working with me, yeah. um, Natalie and Luca have worked there a long time. We're only a team of four people now. Oh, wow. So we, okay. We've really cut down. We're yeah. very small, mm-hmm. really speciality. Mm-hmm. And um, they have worked with me so long. I really let them go with the creative process because yeah. we've worked over 20, I think Natalie I've worked with 30 years. Wow. Okay. And Luca like 20 years. Yeah. Um, so I can really trust them to do, you know, whatever, you know, but you know, I, the influence comes from me Yeah. and then I'll approve the colors, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of approve it kind of halfway through. But, it's usually, you know, it's that same storytelling. Yeah. And we have a collection now called Sophia. And mm-hmm. that's based on a theme that I go to quite often, which I really love mixing an idea of African and Victorian okay. jewelry together. Yeah. I don't know, it's yeah. just something that we yeah. So it's kind of that mixture that um, comes through. Wow. And then you if you look on the website you can see it. It's really mm. gorgeous, full yeah, of color. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. particularly right now after the lockdown, everyone mm-hmm. wants color. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. so I give it then and then we manufacture by taking the findings, taking the materials, soldering mm. this. And then we don't do our own plating that goes off to be okay. plated yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. And then when that comes back, we kind of put it together. Yeah. And okay. Then, yeah. Construct it. And then, yeah. and then are, are these bespoke, are these one-off pieces? These are completely Most one-offs Most of now. what yeah. we make right yeah. now is yeah. one-offs. Yeah. And that's where I go back to tell you more about, you know, from the 90s to the 2000s, I really mm. did the same format. We Yeah produced a collection usually about nine stories Mm. um took it to paris sold it and um and then they did pre-orders right okay yeah but we because we hand make it ourselves and we don't make it any you know we could do pretty quick you know turnarounds on yeah 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 so most of the time that was like kept us busy all year round and that was like a million dollar business kind of amazing amazing um then um all of a sudden i just felt the trade shows becoming very different Mm -hmm. i would say when we started the vicky sarge brand it just started feeling wrong okay and i just felt fashion sliding away somehow into you know like and so since then i've just tried to rebuild the way you know we've been doing things so we cut down the business and then we started our own brand so we then became much smaller anyway yeah yeah and um we now still create collections every year yeah 
you know, two or three, but it's kind of ongoing. I don't really have a season anymore. Okay, that's we interesting. Don't, we, we don't do trade shows. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. No, it's just like kind of work that comes through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, we've been working on, um, we just did the Andrew Lloyd Webber Cinderella. Wow. Okay. Production, and we made yeah. a lot of jewelry for that. So if Amazing. anyone goes, yeah, so that was an exciting project. Yeah, tremendous. And I suppose, really, you, you've kind of created your niche in the market, you know, due to the level of expertise that you've got and the quality that is really easy to see, to be perfectly truthful with you. But I suppose what is really nice to hear from you, Vicky, there is you anticipated this overconsumption of overproduced product a long time ago and you yeah. adapted your business accordingly, which I think yeah. is is quite insightful now. You know, everyone now looks at kind of reducing staff and and kind of streamlining their business to some extent but you probably saw that a little bit before everyone else yeah i always really i have followed my instincts and followed myself and it, you know all of a sudden it didn't feel fun yeah and if something's not fun anymore yeah. then there's something wrong no that's good so, you know I've, I've always you know i'm passionate about what i do yeah 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 and i you know right now i'm really passionate about craft Mm-hmm. You know, so um, in a way, because I have the shop and, you know, I'm not so sure how, you know, I think, um, you know, we'll be there, but, you know, I don't know how much longer for, but I really want to try to support other craft makers. Yeah. Um, and I, almost like in a fine art craft way, I would like to be, you know, be a, a show for other people that's my current passion but, yeah okay and how how would that kind of look then vicky would that be in mentorship or would that be bringing people into the studio how, how would you envisage well, that? Well, i think i would keep the shop as close to what we have now so it's not confusing to the customer we have because we've had a really what's kept us going through lockdown is mm-hmm. our constant customers who wow. you know come back and you know They've really kept us alive through yeah. lockdown. And yeah. also on the website, it's been, you know, picking up. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to change or confuse. So we've got an area in the back that we're kind of just trying to fix up a little bit. And, you know, I would like to maybe just showcase a few um, other designers. Okay. Or maybe go into um, homewares a little bit. I Yeah. The idea is not quite there, but I just yeah. think we could take the processes that we, how we make the jewelry and, you know, try to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. But and going what, back to the, you know, I definitely foresaw that, you know, the fashion world was changing and, yeah. you know, I was 100% right about that. Yeah, yeah, you were. You absolutely were. And I think everyone now is trying to play a little bit of catch up, you know, right across mm. the right across the gambit from the big, big multinationals are all looking at their business and saying, if we're going to go forward and we're going to sell to a more a more educated, more conscious consumer, we need to d- change the messaging to some extent and the storytelling. So that's really interesting that you brought that up. And again, I know I do definitely want to talk to you about, you know, how you are going to give something back to the industry because that's interesting. There's just a question that's just jumped into my mind about kind of who your target customer is. On the back of your customer supporting you through what's been a really difficult year, if you could pick a celebrity or somebody that everyone would kind of know, who would it be that would kind of epitomize your brand? Joanna yeah. Lumley is an amazing woman. I love, she's just for the 
human rights and yeah. you know she's just gorgeous so yeah you know, someone yeah. like her is really yeah that's great. a great answer yeah you know, yeah Kate Blanchett's really great um yeah Candy Newton is like a good friend I would say cool. and, yeah and she's yeah. really also I just think absolutely stunningly beautiful yeah yeah great yeah. great great and and just looking at obviously your career then Vicky what's been the hardest part of of kind of doing what you do what are some of the challenges because I think it's important to well, not always talk about the successes yeah I think I am um, for me probably realizing when you're making a handcrafted product I don't ever think you're never going to be a millionaire from that. I don't yeah. think, you know, you just, and I'm very passionate about what I do and I love what I do and I love every day being different. So I'm not going to change it now, yeah. but I just think knowing and realizing that you're not going to make, you know, a whole hell of a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not so much a business person. So someone else might have come into the brand mm -hmm. and taken it, you know, to a way that you could kind of, explore um you know expand the brand in different ways but yeah. i kind of just never did that i just kind of stayed creative yeah yeah no that's like, brilliant true, truly creative and you know that's kind of where i am and that's where yeah. i'm gonna stay and you know it's okay you know staying just, true like, no that's, staying that's true good. and i'm that's just good. never gonna make the big bucks but i've supported myself for yeah. you know almost 40 years so <laughs> that's, that's and my no... daughter and you know and I think that's a great feat so yeah absolutely go. absolutely and um I just want to ask a little bit more actually Vicky about I know you're also and you're very modest you've not mentioned it yet but I know that you you're really interested in things like the turquoise mountain initiative and things right. like that mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about how you've kind of getting involved or how you kind of foresee yeah, that's going that that was just through a friend and it was a point where I was actually also do some lecturing and um, I did a program in a school in Geneva mm -hmm. um, called Head, which is an amazing school. It started off very small yeah. and now the program's really, you know, international and well-known. Mm -hmm. And that um, made me realize I love the whole teaching aspect and yeah. giving back and actually running teams and, you know, being able to, you know, um, have that team create what was in my mind has taught yeah. me you know very much how to do this with all the students so yeah what i'm best at is um kind of more design program and also i um through a friend met talia kennedy who was running the school in afghanistan for turquoise mountain okay and she was running the whole school. So they had, um, you know, woodworking and ceramics and rug making, which has become big out there. But they have a jewelry school. And um, she's saying, oh, you know, like I really need help. So I mm -hmm. kind of went up, went out there in, um, I think it was 2008 and 2010. I went out yeah. there a couple of times yeah. and uh, helped them set up the curriculum for the school and around that same time um you know pippa small was kind of looking around so what's great was pippa then so i was teaching them more kind of a 
theory and mm -hmm. how to set up the school. But then she really got them to make her jewelry for her, which, okay. you know, I never went into that process. Yeah, yeah. And um, the two go hand in hand. I'm there to be creative and help yeah. them design, yeah. you know, set up their designs. But, you know, they do need to find jewelers who are then willing to take a risk with them move it on yeah yeah no that sounds fantastic and a question i often ask of all my guests not all of them but but sometimes it's 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 one of those questions that we have to ask ourselves almost on a daily basis you know when it's tough it's it's bloody tough and when it's when it's great it's amazing but what makes you do what you do then vicky what would you put what would be your answer to that question i just really like getting up and having that idea that no two days are ever the same for me mm -hmm. Also, just being able to be creative every day is a gift. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really is a gift to go and be able to express yourself in a mm -hmm. creative way. I, I yeah. realize not everybody has that opportunity. So, yeah. And, you know, some people can take boring things and make them creative, but I'm just lucky to have beautiful, gorgeous, exotic things around me every day that I <laughs> make. Make magic happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. And is there anyone in your on your radar at the moment, Vicky, that you're kind of looking at from from an admirational perspective? You know, new designers that you can kind of see coming through. Is there anyone that stands out? Well, as I say, I think um, I would just say on a whole, the whole idea of craft, mm -hmm. I think, is really. I think as the everything is advancing and you know like some things are going to be designed by computers mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know with um that's kind of a frightening idea to me um i think the whole idea of craft is going to be more and more important and i think that's why so many people are like taking courses on you know um making pots and you know yeah. ceramics and you know, I think you see more and more craft going into yeah, yeah. Um, the designs of even yeah. on the couture, like what John Galliano does on for yeah. Martin Margiela. It's all totally craft based. He yeah, buys yeah. things from um, thrift stores and then yeah. them together. And and there's a lot of people doing that. So I think along with the whole idea of taking things more computerized in mm -hmm. some ways i think mm -hmm. the whole idea of craft is going yeah. through so anything like that is what's exciting to me yeah you know, it's kind of interesting because i i remember i don't know if you saw the series but there was a series on bbc um i think it was bbc if it's not then i'm sure i can put some details in the oh, show right. notes but it was called um all that glitters and i don't oh, know if yeah. you saw that show yeah, that was a really really interesting show because it really delved into the the real skill of and also you could see the characters and the personalities coming through of the people that yes. were producing the product exactly so, yeah no yeah, I, it was it's good. There was a young girl who came in this week about who's, you know, I get a friend's daughter who wants thinking about being a jewelry designer. And I, she hadn't looked at that program. And I said, you know, it's really important yeah. to look at that because also that's, it's not far off of how I make jewelry, but it's yeah. also more, you know, they did really get into more of a, how they could 
make any piece of jewelry in two or three hours. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know, that's part of the program, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, part of the elimination process. But I, um, Sean and Solange are both friends. Okay. So it was kind of fun to watch them on yeah. the show. Yeah, and, it was really good. And I really thought anyone who has a budding interest in jewelry design has mm. got to watch that program. Yeah, yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's really, and it really shows you the craft that goes into, you know, a piece of jewelry rather than, yeah, and yeah. we're not far off. So we all have benches and we do the soldering. Yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah. fascinating. It was it was almost the science behind it as well, you know, and it's I suppose it's a little bit like cooking to some extent. There's a very mm -hmm. fine line between getting it absolutely perfect and completely wrecking it. And there was lots there was lots throughout the series that showed elements of that. And it was filmed in my hometown of Birmingham. So All what right. more could be wrong with that? <laughs> well, listen, honestly, it's been fabulous talking to you. I really could talk ah. to you all day. And yeah. um, I just I just want to ask the question, you know, people will want to listen to this Vicky and they'll want to know more about you and your brand and everything else and I just wanted to find out what's the best way for people to either see more of your brand or to contact you directly well I think definitely on Instagram if you want to get the flavor of the whole thing we often put you know some of the newest projects on that but also on our website which is just vickysarge.com yeah all together and um yeah, and they can contact us through either of those. You know, I always, I'm pretty good at answering. So even if good. we send little messages on Instagram, I'm pretty good at getting back to people. Brilliant. Brilliant. Or well, they could come into your shop in Belgravia in London. Absolutely. So, uh, We're still yeah. there. In still rocking. Still good for rocking. you. Good for you. Good for you. All right, Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much for your oh, time. And, no, thank uh, you, Lauren. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you. Lovely. All the best. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Bye. I really enjoyed chatting with Vicky there, a fascinating lady, and I feel we've only literally just skimmed the surface of some wonderful storytelling. I'd also like to say a massive thanks to Victoria for helping us to grab a slice of Vicky's diary. And please check out their website. It's vickysarge.com if you want to go and see and learn more about their wonderful products and their fantastic business. So here we are. As I mentioned previously, we're at the start. Well, we've just finished the first episode of Series 3 of the podcasts. And boy, oh boy, do we have some brilliant individuals coming your way. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about some of the guests that we've got lined up in the future. We've got a renowned, internationally renowned 3D designer from Tel Aviv. We've also got a Swedish industry legend that went from ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange to the lowest of personal lows. We've got brand owners. We've got collaborators, fashion insiders. We've even got a car mechanic, right, that wears and proudly champions his own line of men's lingerie. So many stories, lots of ups, lots of downs, but as usual, we aim to bring you the genuine truths from the people behind the brands. Behind the Brands was brought to you in association with beforestores.com. Go check it out. You can discover new brands, meet the makers and their products before they go into stores. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. You can also subscribe for future episodes by tapping the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, keep learning, keep listening, and keep creative.